Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Thanks for listening to the show and subscribing on iTunes, wherever you get it, your Android device, uh, Stitcher, aboutlastnightpodcast.com. Has all your episodes every Monday and Thursday. Uh, great weekend in Reno. Thank you, everyone who came out to the Laugh Factory in Reno, Nevada. Uh, shows were awesome. Got into some, uh, some really fun crowd work with some people. Uh, an old man Trump supporter who tried to uh, slice me up a, a piece of fuck you pie, and uh, I took a bite of it and spit it right back in his face. So to that man who uh, came to the show, fuck you. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. Uh, <laughs> it happens sometimes, man, especially in casinos. People are hammered and, uh, and a little testy, and the uh, show was fun regardless. Thank you, everyone, that came out, all the ALN fans. Uh... Mark Braun, I think, solid ALN fan, came out. I think that was his name. Uh, great dude. Came to the show, chummed it up a little bit after. Uh, was super chill. Thanks for coming out, Mark. Shout out to you, and thanks for listening to the pod, bro. And also Jillian Florin uh, from Livermore, California, came out to see Brad in San Jose and me uh, this weekend. Uh, she got a, a, a full ALN uh, weekend of stand-up, and uh, that was pretty dope. So shout out to Jillian. She's been listening for a while. Super cool. We all hung out a little bit after the show, and uh, it was super fun. Sandy Danto and Rachel O'Brien were out there with me in Reno. Great week. Uh, there was a biker festival going on, which was crazy. We soaked that up. We uh, <laughs> we played uh, played life-size Jenga at a place called the Eddy in Reno. The weather was great. Reno is on the up and up, you know? it's uh, it, it could be the next Austin, but they need to get their shit together. You know, there's still a lot of, still a lot of seedy motherfuckers out there, but... Um, I actually wrote a song about Reno because my ex lived out there and uh, something happened between us uh, and I wrote a song about it and I'm going to debut it on the Adam Carolla show in a couple weeks uh, and then probably on ALN. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Today's episode, holy hell, one of my favorites we've done in a long time. You know him from from, uh, Impractical Jokers. You know him from uh, his stand-up comedy. You know him from just being one of the funniest dudes on the planet. Staten Island's own Sal Volcano, baby. Woo! Yeah, man. Met Sal in Austin at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Him and I hit it off. Uh, we started chatting. Came out to L.A. a few weeks after, and I was like, dude, the pod? He's like, I'd love to. Let's get it going. Sal is uh, is just a straight-up natural, hilarious dude. If you haven't watched Impractical Jokers, um, you're probably not a human or a, or a person because uh, it's one of the best shows on TV. Uh, he gets us the whole uh, backstory into his sketch group, The Tenderloins, and how the dudes formed uh, stand-up comedy, his early roots uh, back on Staten Island, and uh, and how the show and Practical Jokers came to be. It's a really fascinating and fun episode, and uh, I want to get right into it. So follow Sal on Twitter at Sal Volcano. Follow the podcast at Alien Podcast. Adam Ray Comedy on Twitter. Brad, I'm sorry, Funny Brad on Twitter. Uh, at Adam at Adam Ray Comedy on Instagram. At Alien Podcast on Instagram. Uh, at Sal Volcano on Instagram. At Brad Williams Comedy on Instagram. I apologize. I just flew in from Reno. Uh, on a, from a 6.30 a.m. flight, so I'm a little sleepy. 
AboutLastNightPodcast.com for ALN merch. Uh, tour dates, BradWilliamsComedy.com, AdamRayTV.com. This weekend, Brad Williams is going to be... Where is Brad? Um, Brad, this weekend is in West Palm Beach. Yeah. No, not this weekend. Next weekend. Fuck. June 15th through the 18th. Brad is in West Palm Beach at the Improv. June 15th through the 18th, West Palm Beach. Get your tickets at improv.com. Uh, I am uh, in town for the next few weeks, so go uh, go to adamraytv.com for all my Los Angeles tour dates, and then I'll be at the Parlor Live back home in Seattle, Bellevue, Washington. Parlor Live, June 29th through July 1st, bringing Josh Adam Myers from the Goddamn Comedy Jam and my boy Avery Pearson to do a first-time musical uh, Extravaganza at the uh, Parlor Live, June 29th through July 1st. Get your tickets at adamraytv.com. So many fun apps on the way, you guys. Uh, so please stay subscribed. Go to iTunes, five star rating, comment on the iTunes page, shoot us those ALN highlights at aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com. Uh, a little story about how you got into the pod, what you love about it, how long you've been listening, where you listen to it, and we'll uh, read your stories on the air and you can have a chance to win some merch. This week's ALN shout out is Lacey Reynolds. From Chester, Illinois, she said, I just want to let you know I'm a huge fan of the podcast and you guys. I first heard about the podcast when I saw Adam open for Adam Devine in St. Louis in February. Been a huge fan ever since. I met you both in St. Louis recently and it was so awesome. Funny story about the podcast. I'm a college student working part-time at McDonald's and I go in at 5 a.m. every morning to do prep and it was a Monday morning at 5 a.m. and I knew I needed some good laughs to start the day. So I decided to listen to an older episode with Brent Moore that I hadn't heard yet. I turned it on thinking it couldn't be that bad and I swear you guys said blowjob at least 10 times in the span of 45 seconds. I was getting some weird looks from my coworkers, but decided to keep it on because that's what gets me through the day. But not only does the podcast get me through the workday, makes my hour drive to school and my time spent at the gym way more enjoyable. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, shameless plug. Loving all your success. Thanks for the laughs. Lacey Reynolds, you are the best. Thanks for listening. Shoot us back your address and we'll send you some ALN merch. All right. Now that we got the tour dates out of the way, the ALN shout outs out of the way, the Twitter handles, the merch info, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only from Impractical Jokers, the hilarious Sal Volcano. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and listen to our dope podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Dream in my life is to have a pool. I've never had one. For real? Never had one. So, so, so that's when you're gonna know that <laughs> Sal has made it. When you have a pool and you're just like, you know what? I feel, I, I, I feel like putting on a speedo and just rocking that. Yeah, I always have to be the guy that waited for someone in the neighborhood to be like, come on over. You know? uh, <laughs> so, and, so, so, like, is that is that when you start calling people like, man, it's really <laughs> hot today. Yes. Man, I could really yeah, use I something should. refreshing <laughs> and clean and something with inflatable toys in it. Do you know where I can find such a place? I checked. Uh, oh, it was a beautiful day out. I started calling people early. Yo, what's up? What are you doing today? Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> now, yeah. Some of my friends, I grew up, my, my dad grew up in, like, a, garden apartments that had a pool like this so i got to use it there but it really is the best it's but it was one of those things when i moved in here i was like i'm gonna be out there every day there's 
like a little side gazebo you saw. I was like, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna start reading. Yeah. I'm gonna go out there and read on the you know seven a.m. with a coffee and a nice book. And I just said it's, it's like you got a Melrose Place situation <laughs> for going, sure, right? right? It does. Well, it's kind of creepy too because from my kitchen window you look out, and I remember the first time I was like washing some dishes, <laughs> oh, yeah. and the view is right into the pool, dude. And there was straight up, it was like out of a movie, and I was almost thought I was being tested by the landlord to be like, how creepy are you? You know, because like there was a couple in the pool like making out, and I'm washing the dishes, and I look up, and it's like my view. It, it was one of the things where I was like, as I did looked up and saw them, I just felt like, all right, I'm being watched because like this was set yeah. up too perfectly. Right, right, right. You just feel like Chris Hansen's gonna walk out and then just be like, uh, so what are you looking at right there? <laughs> like Dayline NBC. You're like, no, yeah. no. Do you know they're both 78? <laughs> Is they that what fan- you're into? They look fantastic for their age, Chris Hansen. Yeah. I don't even know that's illegal. There's a lot of old Russians in here. <laughs> the last place I moved into when I moved in about two blocks away was a batting cage, mini golf, and uh, and go karts. Why and did you ever move? I know, and and <laughs> And a, uh, a uh, ice hockey, uh, a roller hockey rink. It was all Shut one thing. Up. It was two blocks from my place, so I moved in. And I was like, oh, it was like seven years ago. I was like, oh my god, my life is gonna change. I went to like Target. I bought batting gloves. <laughs> <laughs> I have them. They're two brand new batting gloves. I bought them from both hands, and I was like, I'm gonna just get up. Every few days, I'm going to walk two blocks, and I'm going to take batting practice. Yeah. So and I, in six months, <laughs> I'm going to be in the show. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, I lived. I had lived there for seven years. Yeah. Not a single time. No. Not a wow. single time. Not a single time. Now. One time at night, I took my niece's mini golfing. So one time mini golfing in seven years. Wow. That's crazy. The gloves are on you. <laughs> I have they're still in the bag. Like, no, no, they're uh, out. Yeah. I walk around the house and fake swing. Yeah. <laughs> That's just as fun, though. Did you ever have a situation where you're on the road or you're doing something or you're traveling and you saw batting cages and everyone's like, let's go? And you're like, okay, I'll go now. Yeah. Go karts. I've done go karts like a dozen times in the last seven years, never at two blocks from my house. Go karts are the best, though. <laughs> yeah. What is it about the rush of I mean, go karts? I mean, and I think everyone can agree. It's like you want them when you find out you're doing a go kart situation that's not like super fast. Right? Like you're like, all right. Like I think deep down you want some danger involved, right? Those they have those go kart ones that go like fifty. Yeah. And when you're the one that Tony Danza fell out of. I don't know anything about that, but please tell me. <laughs> oh, that's that's a YouTube clip where on his very no. short reign talk show, which lasted uh, three episodes. I don't no, know. Uh, like, fuck you, Brad Williams. It lasted about two seasons. Oh, God, I th- we've been so long since we've been interrupted by Tony Danza. Every morning on ABC at 10 a.m., 1 p.m. Pacific Standard. Yeah, he go-karted and fell out. Jonathan. Dude, he screamed Jonathan as he fell out of the cart. No. And, uh, <laughs> Jonathan. Samantha. Yeah, yeah, that's his help. Uh, yeah, dude, he was—he almost like got really fucked up. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. But he was—I mean, it was a—I um, don't want to say it was like a NASCAR go kart. It was some sort of high-end go kart situation. Yeah. And he's in a go kart in a three-piece suit, just like all fancied up, and then just tips. Now, fifty oh, miles an hour—is that that's really? They, ha- yeah, that's how they, it's insane. And when you're that low to the ground, it's crazy. Oh, but, don't trust me. I know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> have you I got, can tell you, it's fast. <laughs> have, no. you got, have you guys ever done anything on the uh, sh- show with any sort of? Yeah, it's yours. Yeah. Uh, with any sort of go kart related situation, I don't, I, oh, we actually, or any sort of like phys, real physical thing like we, that. Yeah, we did a go kart thing once. It got cut. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't like a challenge. It was like we had to. One time, it worked out the math where nobody lost. Oh, really? In our show, uh, you know, you you 
do a few things and whoever gets like the kind of judge the worst on it yeah. gets punished at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one time it kind of shook out pretty even so we had this idea where instead of getting punished all four of us have a day of fun. And so one, awesome. one of the things we shot that day was us in go-karts just messing around but yeah. it wasn't uh, to, wasn't enough comedy to it wasn't, pull it from it. It didn't come out great. Yeah. yeah. But what a great situation that you're in where for your job you can go into the room and say what are we going to do for my job? <laughs> uh, me and my three best high school buddies are going to go ride go-karts for a day and we're, we're going to get paid for it. Yeah, that's an amazing. But the flip side of that though is they also put me in, in a swamp you know, in the middle, in a hundred degree weather in a swamp in the bayou with alligators and parasites and everything like that. So what? that's the flip side. What was that one? Yeah, it, we, we did an episode in New Orleans and I lost. And so they made me into this, they called it the bog monster. And basically they, <laughs> they, they put me in, in like a monster, like from a, from a, like a... Yeah, like swamp, like swamp thing or something like that. Swamp thing, yeah. swamp thing. And I hid. I had to hide, and I couldn't go under because obviously. Yeah. yeah. But it was you know you couldn't even see. if you put your hand one inch under the surface you couldn't see your hand. It was brown. Yeah. yeah. It was a swamp, literal bayou. Yeah. Had you ever been in one? No, 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 yeah. no. And I never will <laughs> Staten again. Island. There's no Staten Island swamp, man. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, they called them. I think they called me the. I forget what, something that was the Louisiana bog monster. But yeah, I had never. I mean. This is in it, in it, like I, not on it, in it. Like yeah. you know what I mean. And I went down. I had to hide behind a bush. And there's there's tours. There's those fan yeah those fan boat tours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I've done and those. They, yeah, and they slowed up, and then they like they we were in you know in tandem with the company. So they would slow up and be like, you know, there's alligators, and they'd say, and if you're lucky. You know, once in a while, you, you may get a visit from the famous Louisiana bog monster. <laughs> and then I come out from the thing, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> And Anybody then, get startled? <laughs> no, they just like laughing yeah, at me. They yeah, didn't know yeah. what oh, it was. They thought it was like a cheesy prank. Like, cheesy prank, yeah. but then the guys are messing with me, like telling me what I have to do. And yeah. Like it was just terrible. I was so scared. Like I have a thing. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm a germaphobe, but yeah. I think people like go overboard. But I, when I get sick, I get sick for like eight weeks, like a common cold. What? what? Like no immune system. So You're I'm like very, the opposite of Wolverine. I know. Exactly. You don't heal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I'm very aware of like when people sneeze. Everyone always wants to shake my hand. So I, yeah. I do that thing. The bump. Oh, Harlan Williams does yeah. that. Yeah. Man, yeah. Yeah. To avoid Howie Mandel. Yeah. yeah. Everybody thinks like, oh, you must live in a bubble. It's like, no, I just want to shake. Because I get yeah, sick. But anyway, I was so nervous about the swamp that I put, I actually put a condom on my penis. <laughs> And, and under under the whole outfit, because I, I heard these stories that they fly out, parasites go in your pee hole. What? Yeah, yeah, that's mostly in Brazil. And <laughs> well, I don't give a shit where it is. Yeah, but like mostly, that's still, yeah, mostly, mostly. Yeah, yeah, that's the key word. But there. see, you don't want to be that one guy on like the Darwin Awards at the end of the year where it's like, yeah, this guy went to the swamp and uh, a, a worm swam up his dick and uh, and na- and, and yeah, and now he's dead. Like now, that's not what you want on your tombstone. Yeah, and then you look like that movie where everyone's like losing the weight. What's that? They just keep losing weight. Oh, thinner? Thinner. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen King? Yeah, 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 that one. I don't know. That's what I got in my head anyway. Dude, that is... I, you know what, though? Better safe than sorry. Yeah. Like, not only for sex, but in Swamp Parasite, <laughs> yes. you know, I mean, whole entry. I'm, I'm I mean, just picturing when you bought the condoms, like, you're kind of like, yeah, I'll take a... A uh, pack of the, like the thickest condoms <laughs> yeah. you have, and the guys just looking at you like, "What beast are you fucking tonight?" And you're, <laughs> you're like, uh, the "Whole fucking body." Yeah, I'm I'm literally fucking a swamp thing, and they're <laughs> yeah. like, "Jeez, oh, why? <laughs> is, is this a challenge? Is this a dare? Like, what is this?" Just something I always wanted to do, man. No question. <laughs> no. That's lucky. The sound guys had them because they put them over the. The sound guys put them over things to keep them really. Yeah, the sound guys. Put, I never knew that. All sound guys carry a case of condoms on. I'm not kidding. Wow. So, so they put them on like the lav mic. Uh, oh like yeah. They, they, they you know if, if there's ever gonna be any splashing or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, uh, I didn't. Go, I didn't go to the store. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> was so the swamp thing that's in in i mean so show came out in 2011 right yeah that's when it started so i mean how many eps is that you're over 100 i know that much yeah we're in we're, we're airing and filming season six we're signed for seven and i think right now we have i'm guessing but i think it's somewhere around it's over 150 i think wow dude that's yeah. a lot and that's so and like you said some things don't get aired so i mean like I, how many just pranks do you think you've shot yeah i mean oh my god Can't you're talking even... you're talking at least i'd say an average of about four and up an episode so yeah. you know so over so a million then <laughs> <laughs> i got into comedy so i wouldn't have to do math welcome anymore. back the sal doesn't know math <laughs> that's six seven hundred thousand yeah. Uh, yeah but in uh, six hundred i want you to know something because i've been in rooms uh pitching shows and networks and stuff and you have no idea how like you're now an archetype of yeah. what a show can be because now when you go into pitch shows there's executives going we want like an impractical jokers thing uh, like when they, you say stuff like this meets this yes. Yes. use our name yeah. for that yeah really? yes. oh yeah wow yeah. yes you you've become that wow. and, and that's got that, that that's got to be a trip where I mean, because uh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, because I mean, you you were a guy where I read like you formed your the sketch group, the Tenderloins, yeah. in '99. Yeah, and then you got the show in 2011. Yeah, so it's like 2010 we signed. Yeah, yeah. signed for a pilot. Right, yeah. so that's 10, 11 years. Yeah, of 11 years of grinding improv and sketch comedy. I mean, yes, 11 years straight. Yeah, dude, and I mean, uh, again, to probably you know heighten the number, but like thousands of shows, right? Yeah, and just yeah, certainly hundreds and hundreds and hundreds for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I mean, and shows to probably maybe six people and shows to a hundred people, right? I mean, just a every million percent. It was a show we did for two people. There's four of us. <sighs> We did it. And so, so, so by the end, you're like, "All right, we need a suggestion, Terry." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, it was exactly like that. <laughs> and then Joan, you're gonna go next. <laughs> right? You're gonna have the next sketch. That's insane. And so, like, has anyone ever written or like done an interview with you where they're like, "So, how does it feel to be an overnight success?" And how did you not punch them in the face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people say that. They, oh they, my god! Some people think that, uh, but yeah, we've been at, at it together for. Um, 18 years yeah, but like, where does the tenderloins come from oh man it's just such a terrible name well I mean every good sketch group has a shitty <laughs> yeah. name you know? yeah, yeah. They, we, all, they all have stuff we, we sat around and we're like oh let's think of ideas right so we all brought some to the table mm. and I and I said uh, oh I have this list I used to keep a list in high school of name words that I would be a little bit embarrassed to say if I was giving a public speech yeah. I think that's what I called it it had things on it like culottes <laughs> Gargoyle, font, <laughs> tenderloin. Like just weird things like that. That's Hosp hospice weird, ganache. Yeah. Yeah. Hospice ganache. Oh, That's a, a weird list to, ha a list yeah. to have, but all right. I, like, I had it. It had a, probably a couple hundred words on it. And then so the guys were like, like what? And the first one I said was like tenderloins. And uh, and they laughed and were like, oh, there's a big joke around. We're like, oh, we'll call it the tenderloins. And we just laughed for a minute. And they were like, all right, everybody convene again next week. Bring your lists. Yeah. So we brought all our lists and we all had, we had hundreds of suggestions and we yeah. kept just crossing out. We did that thing where it's like, all right, eliminate 10, eliminate 10. Yeah. And we got it down to a few. And then we, uh, <laughs> we decided to call the group um, Phil, uh, the acronym P.H.I.L. Yeah. And then when people would say, oh, what does it stand for? We Pretty say, hot international lovers. <laughs> no. Did you just make that up? Yeah. Whoa. Do you have, do you have a talent Yo, for do you have, or, or a tick or a weird it's Asperger's one, thing? It, you know what? It's one more dwarf talent that I have. You guys don't know. That's a talent. That's like how Costanza can almost spell any last name. Oh, gee. Oh, doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't, this is going to, and this will tie back into Impractical Jokers. I think 
Gary Busey has that. Oh, he does. Yes, oh my God, he does. Uh, he does exactly that. Yeah, we, where you would be like, I'm going out for a for a hot dog, and I'd be like, hot dog. Yes, <laughs> heavy, uh, outlandish. <laughs> what? <laughs> like he he just goes that. Like he did it all the time on Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, where you just give him a name and he comes up with an acronym like right there that, that defines the name though. Yeah, he, he did it to us. We 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 were kind of friends with Gary Busey. That's he's amazing. been on the show. greatest sentence you've ever said in your life. <laughs> he's been on the show, and we found that he was a fan, so he came to see our live show. And he's been on the TV show, and he gave us gifts, and they were like printed out posters of things that define us. Like I hate cats, so he gave me a picture <sighs> yeah, of cats, and then he did that with ev- with all of oh. them and signed it. Wow, dude, what a creative, generous dude! <laughs> yes. Is he just a trip? Uh, everything. He is exactly <laughs> what exactly you think. Yeah. what you think. Which exactly, yeah. which is awesome, right? Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, it's one of those things too. I feel like his energy and just his aura. <laughs> you want to be around it, and then like there probably comes a time when you're like, all right, I need a, uh, a yeah. time off from Busey. Yeah. But then you, immediately when you take time off, you're like, I miss that motherfucker. Yeah, but you really don't know what he's gonna do, but for real, like he's <laughs> it's like there's a Busey energy in the air, like when he's around, <laughs> and it's like no, he's he's fun, and he's like, oh my god, like you're giving me everything I wanted from you. Yeah. From the makers of the Shan. Wow, comes Busey energy. <laughs> Just two squirts on your face, and you too will lose your fucking mind. But then he may literally be trying. First of all, when he speaks to you, he speaks intensely right yeah. in your face. Yeah. And then at any given moment, he may do something like just hold you down and start tickling you or literally I swear to Christ or literally literally an uppercut to your balls and then he just laughs it off and his wife's great and she's always like Carrie enough isn't that great dude that oh there is God. a counterpart that's trying yeah. to pull him back like now you know, just tell him what you're gonna do and do it don't surprise him a kick to the balls is fine if you know it's coming now, do you think he's aware like I, I like I think uh, the late great Don Rickles was aware that like okay if I make fun of this person that's a great moment for them like and that's a story for them and that's what they want me to do do you think Gary is like I gotta bust out a rubber chicken and start fucking it in front of these people or like whatever just like give a crazy no. so people have a story no no I don't <laughs> think that I think that he just doesn't I think that's him and yeah. he's just a steamrolls through life yeah, and it's it's not about like oh they got a little busy. I gave them a little busy. <laughs> I, I think that he's just like all right. Where am I? <laughs> is, is he one he's of the? the is he one of the um your favorites you've had on the show? To I, I assume he jumped right into whatever he did. And yeah, was, he did. He, yeah, he, he, yeah, he was cool. We've had a bunch of people on the show. Howie oh, Mandel, yeah. Rosie O'Donnell, Imagine Dragons. Oh yeah, that was crazy. We opened for them at Jones Beach, sold out. Holy shit! It was fourteen thousand people. And Joe and I, Joe from the show and I, yeah. were mm-hmm. lost. And so we had to open as a two-piece rock band for them, but neither of us play instruments or sing or anything. <laughs> and it was sold out, and they, what they did was they put on three opening acts before Imagine Dragons, not including us. Oh, God. Usually you see an opening act. Yeah. Maybe two. Yeah. yeah. So there's three. Okay. And then they, bands, actual bands. Yeah, actual yeah. bands. And then and you. Then, then, then it was like hours in, and they were getting antsy, oh, and then they God. lowered all the lights, and the place erupted, and they had the, the, those spotlights going oh, on, like, no. ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've been waiting for. And they called our band, uh, it was the name of our high school Spanish teacher, Senor Alonza. So, <laughs> so they're like, the moment you've all been, and they're thinking, imagine. Like enough. We saw three Are you bands. getting anxiety from this? Because I am I just listening to it. Freaking out. I was in zebra spandex. <laughs> is there ever a part of you that's like, we can't do this? Or no, you're just yeah. like, this is great TV. 
both because yeah. I know I'm making a TV show, yeah. but I also don't want to do it. So you know, we were executive producer, like yeah, I'm right. producing it as yeah. well as trying to be as honest to it as yeah, possible. right. So that that's got to be like you're having a Jekyll and Hyde moment where like yeah. the executive producer and you is like, do this, this is right. going to be awesome. And then right. you personally is like, fuck that. I know. I'm not walking out in the middle right before, like three hours before at, after the show started. So they're it's erupting. Like, they're erupting, and then they go, give it up for Senor Alonza, and it falls silent. <laughs> <laughs> just a comp- Me and Joe walk out. He's the drummer. I get on the guitar. I'm using my own guitar that I bought my confirmation money in seventh grade that I never played before. Eddie Van Halen replica. S- sitting right next <laughs> to the batting de- gloves. Little, little, yeah, yeah, yeah yes. <laughs> little detail. And I get up there, and they they dressed us. And like, like I said, I'm in zebra spandex. Joe's dressed like almost like a 80s Springsteen guy. Oh my god! And, what uh, a confusing duo. It's a weird thing. And then they give me a note to pull out and read first. And I wrote, I open it up, and I go, I like to. And this is in Long Island, New okay. York. This is by by the way a brilliant stunt. This was this was this was crazy. I mean, especially at the time, it was the, one of the biggest undertakings we did. Well, and, sure. I never, oh, and then it's, so right before we walk out, it starts torrential pouring. Oh no! Oh, it's an open venue. air. It's an open air venue. Oh, Which, by the way, if Imagine Dragons comes out to that, that just adds to the show. Right. Yeah, you're like, it's meant to be. Right. When God's watching. Act. This is the fourth opening act with torrential <laughs> oh, sweet rain. Sweet Jesus. And then the, uh, the first thing I did was I read this thing which I hadn't seen. I opened up and I said I'd like to dedicate this show to the people of Pittsburgh. They were the greatest audience we've ever had. And I could already tell in the few seconds I've been out here, you are nowhere as good as them. <laughs> oh <So>. my <laughs> fucking God. To Pittsburgh. And yeah. I was like, get up and show some respect. <laughs> something, like, something like that. And they then, start booing? Oh, they were booing the shit out of us. And yeah. then and they kept. T- oh, so then the Imagine Dragons got behind the mic with the guys. Yeah. And were telling, uh, chipping in, telling us what to say. They love it. So that. they said, just keep on calling us Imagination Dragons. That was pissing everyone off. Oh. I'm like, you'll get your Imagination Dragons in a second. Oh. We're just going to be out here for six minutes. Now you're disrespecting yeah. who they came oh, for. Yes. Wait a minute. At any point, do they recognize? Because you guys are super recognizable now. So, so. Um, so this was a good three years ago. Okay. okay. Uh, we were still recognizable. Yeah. To, uh, it was a crowd of about 14,000. So that, I'm sure there were pockets of people hmm. that recognized us. But even but, if they were screaming, you can't I mean, fucking they're, they're hear. A, they're a minority. And no. you're probably decked out enough to wear... Yeah, I was you, wearing these big glasses, oh, okay. chains, everything. And So, um, so they're booing Imagination Dragons. Yeah, and then, and then they make me play like four or five made-up songs in a row. Mind you, I don't... They're made up to begin with, but I also yeah. don't know how to play guitar. Are they telling you lyrics in your ear? Up. No, they're telling me song titles. Oh. Yeah. So, so. I forget what they were. Like, one was Shut Your Face, Grandma. <laughs> One was uh, I, I, um, Oh and then So then Oh so one, one was like Do a song about how you're better Than the Imagination Dragons So I'm like alright Let me just So I just like stuck Like, like, like almost like a thrash Like a punk Yeah yeah that, uh, Maybe that'll sound something Yeah right. something, da, 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 And I'm like Fuck the Imagination Dragons <laughs> Fuck the Imagination Dragons Cause we're better than them Better than them Better 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 <laughs> Fuck the Imagination And then So I'm doing that right Holy And shit. I look it on the side And everyone's going no And I'm like what And I didn't realize that they are, um, are they a uh, Christian band or something? Yeah, they are. Uh, no, they are uh, uh, Mormons. Mormons. Oh. And a lot of their crowd is Mormons. And gotcha. in general, they, they do not curse in their songs or on their stage or anything. Yeah. And there was no, there was like a no cursing rule that they didn't tell me about. And now well, they got to tell you. I'm yeah. screaming fuck, which is the most offensive word outside and of maybe. Then, yeah. And then the, I'm like, fuck the imagine. And then I'm like, oh my God. And then I walked off and I apologized to them because that was like above what we were supposed to like, Yeah. Sure. But I was just back into react? a corner. I was cool going for it? it. They were cool about yeah. it. So I mean, nice they're, they're rock stars. I'm, I'm yeah. sure like they understand yeah. and they're, they're surrounded by yeah. it and stuff like that. So. 
Their yeah. bro- the lead singer Dan's brother Mac is the manager of the band. That's why okay. I'm, oh, wow. I'm friends with him, and he was like. I know that the place I like, got upset and we were like, we are so sorry. Because they did so much for us. They let us use their songs on the show. That's you know huge, I mean? dude. I mean, for, for people who aren't in the business, with, like the, the, the reason why you constantly hear songs in commercials and TV shows that you don't know is because it costs a lot of freaking money yes. to use actual songs that are popular. I mean, there, there, there's a whole thing on the last season of Mad Men where they use like 15 seconds of a Beatles song and it cost them over $250,000. That's insane. Like, just for, that, for, just for that. Yeah, and they let us use it. Oh, just... Yeah, oh my so they're, god! They're one. They're great. They're great. And then and then um, and then I didn't realize this, and you guys probably know this, but venues have curfews. Yes, they and do. That ties into union stuff. And if you go yep. over a curfew, everyone there is getting paid like double time. Yep. And you can you can literally lose tens of thousands of dollars oh, yeah. in minutes. Yeah. So there was a curfew. So I didn't know this. No one told me this either. <laughs> so I'm out there like fuck the yeah, imagine, and the security <laughs> runs out. And is like trying to get me off the stage. Right. And I'm thinking, haha, they sent out security yeah, to right. mess with me while I'm trying to play to make it look like, you know, that they, 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 but what I didn't know was that wasn't sent by them. That was real security. He, they knew we were filming, but he was trying to get me out because they have a curfew and our, we had to stop filming our show. No one told me that. So I thought it was, so I'm physically fighting the security guard on the stage. He's trying to rip the guitar away from me. I'm yanking the guitar away from me and I'm like, fuck the, and he's pushing me, I'm pushing him back. And I'm like, I don't know what this guy, I guess they want me to fight him so I look more ridiculous. But he was legit trying to get me off. And he's screaming at me, get off the fucking stage. What are you doing? I'm like, all right. Yeah, like, this guy's a great actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Who'd they find? He unplugs, the, he unplugs everything and he's like, get off. And I walked up and like, dude, that was like, and they went over curfew that night too. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> well, I mean, shit, okay, dude. a hilarious. B, tell you this, I know. and maybe if there's a wor- if there's a concern about the curfew, maybe that's when opening act number two doesn't go on. <laughs> you I know, know I, I don't know. I mean, maybe those people were touring with them, like they yeah. were slotting us a little time, and things weren't really. But no, it was no harm. Like yeah. we're all yeah. we're all great friends. And Good. Whatever. That, uh, that's, that's insane. For, now, was that the... So that was prior to you guys now touring. Because I remember we were talking about this uh, when we met in um, Austin at Moon Tower and about the is it the O2 Arena in London. Oh, yeah. And that did. was like the first, right? Like leg of... Yes, we uh, did. A, we did an arena tour in the UK in right, January, right. inclusive of O2. Yeah, that was the first time we were in front of a crowd like that. And you were saying that you guys didn't. You were just like, "Oh, we'll put some tickets on sale and see what happens," right? Yeah. Well, what happened was they play the show over there on Comedy Central, and yeah. they told mm-hmm. us it was very popular for a few years. It was the number one show there. We didn't really understand the the what that translated. Yeah, to. And, yeah. And so they put. They said, "Well, we think we could." We think there's because you know we're not over there, so us coming over there is an event to them. It's yeah, a novelty. Right. Yeah, so sure. They said we think we'll test the waters. We think we can do an arena, but we'll scale it down. So like, let's try the we'll try O2. We'll put it at seven thousand seats. So oh, so like do a half thing. Yeah, or even a fourth. and then yeah. they put it on pre-sale. Yeah, and actually they routed a whole tour there, and they put the whole tour on pre-sale, and it basically. S- the tour sold out in pre-sale. It passed seven. They opened up to 10, 12, 14, and then they just opened it up. And every single, every single, it was 11 nights in a row, 11 arenas, they all sold out within less than a week. Oh, my and, God. And then we had like set, six months they were away still. They were supposed to sold out. Just, I, I, people who aren't familiar with the O2 Arena, that's where Led Zeppelin had their reunion show. <laughs> yeah. That's where Michael Jackson was going to end his uh, yeah. career. He was going to end his career oh, there. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, dude. Before, like, that, like, that's... 
an ins- that's where Monty Python had the reunion it, it, show. It doesn't feel like I did it or we did it, even though I did it. It doesn't feel like it. It's just like you get up there, you're like, all right, one foot in front of the other. Yeah. You get up, you see it, you're like, oh my God. And then you do it. And, and then it feels like any other show or no? Yeah, you I mean, settle in. Yeah. It's still like, you're still looking around like, what the fuck is going <laughs> yeah, on? Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. But you, you know, you get your first laugh yeah. out of the way. Yeah. And then you see they're completely on board. And then you just go, like you just... It's, and especially for sketch and improv, like you got to be locked in. Like you yeah, can't. Oh no, we don't do that. Oh, you don't. We do, that. We do like uh, it's the four of us on stage at mics, and we do basically like stand up. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like our version of it. But like all four on the stage at once. Yeah. So like we'll take turns telling stories, doing stand up, doing stuff with the crowd, showing videos and stuff. But it's not okay. sketch or improv. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Almost kind of like what the um, uh, Larry the Cable got. Remember when there was a foursome that they would yeah, go out? Do- oh, blue collar right yeah. at the end where they all at the end where they just come in and tell, but. Right, but yeah. it's not. But it's probably a little more We're planned just out. Yeah. Off each other. Yeah, yeah, we write it. We write it. Okay. Yeah. How long did it take to write the show? It takes. See, we can't do it like regular comics do it. We can't do you know go out and do a few spots in a night. Yeah, a right. few Spots a week. It doesn't make any sense. No. We're trying to put together an eighty-minute show with four of us with a PowerPoint present with all this other stuff, and we also have the schedule of the show and the schedule of. You know, we're writing the next one while this one's going on. Wow. So what we had to do was we, we thought of a way we would do smaller theaters, like 100 seat, 200 seat theaters, mm-hmm. and we put it up as a pod, Tenderloin's podcast. Yeah. This way, they're not expecting much. They're, right. they're expecting to come hear us speak. Yeah. Right. And so we do it that way, but we get up and we do 90 minutes. We do two a night, so two 90 minute shows back to back. We do that 20 to 30 times. Over the course of about two to three months, and we record it and no, and record it notes after every time. Notes and after to every it. time, and then we get on stage every night and we improvise. Not like a scene, like oh, I'm a fucking yeah. Like, what can, do you want this dry clean? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we literally. I'm a golfer. Yes, yeah. and motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, we riff. And yeah, we go up on stage. Maybe we have an idea. Maybe we don't. Maybe someone brings up the table. Maybe we don't. And we do that for like twenty to thirty hours of it, and then we pluck. Dude, that's that's how Curb Your Enthusiasm works. Is it? Yeah, yeah. They, you know, Larry, he has an outline for yeah. you know scenes, and then they riff, and then they do a bunch of takes, and yeah. and then they take pieces from each one, and then like string them. To, I mean, that's it. And then we then we'll that's do a brilliant it. way to do it. The, the ones that are popping, we'll we'll try to string like seven, eight bits together, and then we'll do maybe one or two practice shows, and then that's it. That's we it. We go out there and we're like, and now nah, clearly we we tour for like eighteen months or more for each tour because we try to get to every market. So, but t- when we start a tour. To the time it ends, you know, it, yeah. it's it's much tighter, better, everything lean and everything. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a lot of hours logged to really. But we say, I will. We walk out into a five thousand seat theater and I'll say, look, this is the third show of this material. I have a legal pad. I go up with a pad. Yeah, I have a legal pad up here. I said you're going to see me writing through the whole show, taking notes. They it's probably how, love that, it's right? How we do it. They they let us. They're do just it. on board, man. Yeah. I feel yeah. like uh, I don't know what famous comedian said this, but. Um, it's like if they like you, the audience likes you, man. Like the fucking really, you really can't do no wrong. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then your fans part, seem like they're pretty. For the most part, we are that uh, these these guys that come see us, it's like a real home field advantage. It's like it's cool, which yeah. is why we can still work stuff out on stage. I mean, when we met, when we met you at Moon Tower, uh, I wasn't aware of your fan base. I was not aware of how, like I knew well, of- Why would you be? I, I knew of your show. Right. I had seen a few episodes. I enjoyed it, but I wasn't aware until that uh, one show at 800 Congress in Austin where you walk on stage and they say, Sal, and the place just goes fucking insane. I'm like, and I, I remember it was me and uh, Pat Oswalt and Brian Callen and we all looked at each other like, who the fuck? <laughs> 
<laughs> is this guy? Is this asshole? <laughs> yeah, we're like, what? Like, and, and someone said, like, oh, it's the Impractical Jokers guy. I'm like, yeah, but they're they're reacting <laughs> like it's a rock star. It's insane how they, crazy your fans they're, are. Yeah, they're, they're wonderful, crazy. That's yeah, dedicated um, for sure. Yeah. I I knew because uh, literally every conversation I have that is like, <laughs> what are your favorite comedies? It's always in there, dude. Oh wow! It's like Office Curb. Fuck, you know, sign. I, I mean, just I and then practical jokes. Put into that. Yeah, category. dude. I, I mean, That's you know, fun. but I but I will say this. One of the reasons why is because the laughs and the camaraderie is genuine. You guys aren't four dudes that a studio put together right. that were like, okay, well we well all right, we need this type and this type, right, and then right. we need an Asian guy, and then we need like no. Yeah, that is the secret to the show, without a doubt, because they they recast our show in other countries. We the, yeah, we gave the format. Okay. Good and move. So there's like a Lithuanian Jokers and a, and a Pakistani Jokers and all that stuff. Would you ever right. do a big tour with with the other uh, <laughs> so like the like, Beirut I, Jokers? I think, there is. I think there. I'm not kidding. Oh, Lebanon, Lebanon, Lebanon Jokers, there's, there's, which there's, sounds like a minor league baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> there's like 20, maybe I think I'm. I think like That's 20 incredible. other casts, Amazing. and they use our show as the Bible. Do but they're cast, and from what yeah. I understand, that it doesn't have that secret sauce. It's not but, the same. But then they started playing our show in a lot of other countries too, and then. Yeah, and that's how... Well, because you had 12 years, right, plus of experience of putting in all the groundwork and developing that camaraderie. Mm. I, I'm willing to assume that there's no Pakistani improv troupe that was like, we were called the Tenderlings, <laughs> and we did it for 15 years, but not this good of chemistry. Yeah, yeah I don't know, man, because, you know, we, we know each other, you S know. Since high school. Yeah, freshman year is how we all met, 1990, and we're all the same age. And how did you, what's that, I mean, because I, I, everyone can remember just like making friends at that time and like what it is. I think for dudes, it's easier. It's like, do you like sports? Do you like comedy? Yeah. You're not a piece of shit. Hell yeah, let's yeah, grab a yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah, right, Girls right. need fucking excursions and gossip <laughs> and other things to really like figure right. out like who they are. But like, so what was it about? Well, the four of us weren't even really a clique in high school. Yeah. Like, I had my own friends, but. We were all friends. We went to a small school. Okay. It was a Catholic all-boys school. I think we was like 300 people in our class. Oh, kids, shit. Guys. So everybody knows everybody. everybody yeah. every, every last person pretty much knows every last person. And everyone's pretty friendly. Yeah. And we all did uh, some improv together. We were in other different extracurricular things. We all sure, were like, friends. Yeah, cause, but, but like you were playing sports and stuff, right? Yeah, I played hockey. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like that. you crushed it. Yeah. Uh, no, I was decent. Only. Yeah. I, I was um, roller hockey. I played. Uh, I was a goalie, and then I switched to ice hockey, and I was like a winger. But I, I was only okay. There was. Yeah. There was, mm -hmm. way there was no future in sports. No, 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 no pro was aspirations. Way, way better people than me. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and then, uh, so, so like, are you so, you? so you guys are playing different improv troops together, or no, no? So in the school, there was just one. Okay. And we did it with other girl high schools, so that was like a way to meet girls too. You know. I was gonna say, how yes. were you trying to get yourself <laughs> into that world? Yeah, I mean, we did like we had sister schools. We did dances with them, bullshit like yeah, that. Yeah. Right? Gotcha. And uh, but doing yeah. a show with a girl troop is a great way to just like cross oh, swords. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was it. And then, you know, so we did our thing, and then we all went to separate colleges. Like mm -hmm. I said, we weren't a specific clique, but gotcha. we were all friends, you know. And you all recognized each other's talents, like, early on, yeah? Yeah, well, we all, there wasn't too many people that did that. Yeah. So we did, when we got back from college, four full years later, I had done a little stand-up. I had gone taking improv and acting classes, and everyone kind of had their own version of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when we got back and we graduated, we all came back to the island. I stayed. I was actually, I went to school at St. John's. So. Yeah. But they came back, and we kind of bumped into each other. And we're like, oh, you're still doing it? Oh, you're still doing it? And we're like, why don't we, <coughs> it actually wasn't Brian Quinn, one of the guys from the show. Yeah. It was my buddy, Mike Baccio. Brian joined in like 2006. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. But, um. 
We said, why don't we get together, rehearse, and just see if it's fun, and maybe we'll do shows. And we, I bumped into Murray in the, in the mall. And then so we went that week, and Joe Gatto, we used to yep. practice in his mother's basement. Oh, my God. Three nights a week, mm-hmm. two to three hours a clip. We rehearsed for six months, so like, and before oh, we ever, before we ever did a show, and we would tape ourselves in his mother's basement. And then we were done rehearsing, put it in, watch it like what football players watch tape, and pause it and be like, "See what would have been a better choice there is if you would have done that." Or you Dude, done let that. that be a lesson to no, Eddie. You got a lot of young comics that listen to that. Dude, that is fucking. It, that's so great to hear that because again, you guys make it look so easy that it's so. I'm sure people just assume like, "Oh yeah, you guys are hilarious." You came up with the show. You went up there. You fucking like came up with some funny pranks and then. Yeah. But dude, that's crazy. I mean, you <laughs> a lot like, of people say to me like it's a compliment, but they don't realize it's probably like a ba- like a back For sure. They're like, oh, dude, you got to you, you have the easiest job in the world. Job, it's yeah. like you just turn a camera on you and your friends. Anyone could have done that. And no you guys thought way, of it, man. Like, like, no, it's the hard. hours spent in a basement. Like, <laughs> yeah. out. That, that, that's just that's amazing insane. to have because one of the downfalls of a lot of a lot of young performers is that they want to get seen too quickly. Is they want to go out and they and they want to, like they're like, well, I've been doing stand up for like a month and a half, so. Where's my Tonight Show set? Right, right. And like, but you guys had the discipline to be like, no, 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 let's get this right. Yeah, and let's then I mean that, that was just after our first improv show, which probably sucked anyway. Yeah, we sucked for so long. We sucked. What kept you going? Oh, well, because we, in the moment we didn't know we sucked. You know, we had friends it's, and family. We were getting laugh comes comes to see us on, yeah. and then oh, my coworkers shared with, them, and then we kept getting bigger crowds, and we got better at it. And it was fun. And in, in the right? moment, it yeah. was good for what we was, you know. Back then, I'd be like, oh, I'm proud of this. Yeah. And I still am proud of it because you need to do it to get to here. Yeah. But sometimes I'll like, I have every show on tape. What? Yeah. I have, oh, hun- man. I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds well, on, on eight, eight millimeter. And I have, and then we started filming sketches and putting them online. And some hold up and some I watch right now and I cringe. Totally. And, uh, you know, so that's why, that's why I say we probably sucked because it, it wasn't like. It well, probably wasn't that great. Well, yeah, but it's that blissful ignorance that helps you keep going. Because yeah. if you knew how much, like, uh, like people liked us, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just judging from where I'm sitting sure, now. Of course, yeah. But, yeah. Like, but like, if you knew how much further you had to go, or how much better you had to be, and how many more hours you would have to put in, you'd probably be like, "Well, let's not do that." Let, yeah. Like, I got a degree in finance, whatever. Let's go. Let's do that job, then just do this as a hobby. I do have a degree in finance. I mean, I, I said yeah. that for a reason. Yeah. I mean, I, I do a little research. <laughs> oh. You Okay. Yeah, yeah, John's, yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so that, and was that just for backup plan purposes or what? Or just. No, I mean, like, when I was doing improv and sketch comedy, I'm like, I'm, I'll do this for my whole life. Yeah. That's a given because mm-hmm. I love to do it. Yeah. And then I'm going to do something and then just kind of see what happens. And But I need a plan. Yeah. Of course. Not, a, a, backup not, really a, not really a backup plan. Another that, way to make money. At that point, I wasn't like. Well, I'm gonna be a professional sketch comedian and be on SNL, and that's what all I'm doing. I was doing it, and like we were being diligent, we were continuing on with it. But you know, you never know where it's heading, and I, I didn't know I could count on it. So I got my finance degree. I started working at Prudential Securities at a, at a college, mutual oh, funds, shit. and then after like four or five years there, I was like, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. So I like became a bartender, and I started like doing, you know, freeing up for when I could do comedy. And then, you know, the guys and I, we just got fucking lucky because we had so many failed pilots. And if we didn't get this, if we weren't at the right place at the right time with the right idea, if all those things didn't converge, we wouldn't have got the show. And we may very well have just, you know, still been 
trying to get something going yeah. or not. I mean, I believe in luck, but I also believe that luck is skill meets opportunity. And, sure. And, and you had you had an opportunity, and, but you guys had the chops. You guys had the hours in the basement. Right. You guys had the idea. And, and true, was, yeah. And when the platform like True TV comes along, which right. which fits into your. Uh, realm of comedy so perfect. How did how did that? I mean, did you guys do an in room pitch with them, and they were like, "Look, we're looking to just, I mean, more or less get a show to like launch their network, right? Yes, yeah, so we need more cop car chases. No, they were doing really well at the time, <laughs> yeah. actually, but they were doing trash reality. Yeah, and it was no joke. It was three different towing shows. A storage. I mean, let's be honest. You can't have enough towing. <laughs> so three doesn't sound like enough to like me. Walt Disney one. said that actually. You can't have enough. You can't have enough towing shows. Yeah, there was that, and there was like a storage. After he wars. said "fuck the Jews," yeah. yeah. I think it was before he said it. But yeah. anyway. uh, no. Um, yeah. No. No. So. So what happened was we 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 had a couple of uh, failed pilots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, two of them, I think, were scripted. One was like a game show, and and we were just like just trying everything. So what happened was we got every once in a while our agents would set up like generals or or even just pitch meetings for yep. us and be like, all right, next week we're gonna pitch to a bunch of people. So they told us they're like, all right, next X we're gonna pitch to people. You guys have you guys come with ideas. So mm-hmm. we're like, we didn't have any ideas. Like we, we, were, we were sitting on maybe an idea or two, but like we weren't prepared for the meeting. Yeah. So we said, let's go to lunch and think of ideas. So we went to lunch. We remember the lunch. Right? We went at? to the Royal Crown Bakery in Staten Island. There you go. Yes. And it, you know, we had sandwiches and stuff. We sat outside on the patio. We tossed our own ideas and one of them was a prank show and we were like, well, that's been done a billion times. Mm-hmm. How can we make it different? And over lunch, we're like, well, what if... We combined like a hidden camera show, a prank show, and like this, and we just kept like building. And we're like, all right, that seems like something we could do. Like, well, we all go out, and we put ourselves in harm's way. We try yeah. to fuck with each other, yeah. And then everyone else is just collateral. So we we thought of the idea, and we said, all right. So the the meeting was like five days away. So we went into the city, the four of us with our cell phones, mm-hmm. and we went and we shot a sizzle reel on our cell phones. We went to like three to four different locations. Like we snuck into Victoria's Secret. <laughs> and we filmed Maybe you shouldn't like, be announcing that, but <laughs> each guy, each guy smelt the bras, yeah. then, yeah, went, yeah. then went to Foot Locker and filmed the actual show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We, we had to go up to the salespeople and ask for we wanted lingerie for ourselves. It was embarrassing at the time. We went to um, it was very. These were very like low hanging ideas. That there's not low hanging. Yeah, but still like great reactionary yeah. Yeah. pieces of tape. And we went to was, all right. We'll get up in a crowded movie theater on the weekend and just announce that like we shit ourselves or whatever. Like that. <laughs> Which, you know, again, by the way, yeah, but hilarious. We've moved away from that, but that'll never not be funny. But yeah, so we're also of course. Like, re- there's a reason why it works. And, and also, you're doing this still in your hometown, right? Yeah. So yeah. people doing, could know you. We would be like, oh, yeah, Sal Shea's pants. He used to do that in high school. <laughs> no, time. we were doing it in Manhattan. <laughs> okay, we went okay, to okay. Times Square uh, oh, AMC. Yeah. Uh, 11 p.m. show on, on Saturday night. And we're like, which what's the best one we can get the worst? So we went to Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> and we oh all took turns God. doing that. And Predominantly we, uh, Filipino audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. And we, we, were, uh, we, we bought tickets, and we all just sat in four corners of the theater. And when one guy got up, we filmed him. Oh, my God. And then we did two, and then we waited for the next one. And then we did that. And we did, we did a bunch of other things. And just on our cell phones. And then we went, into a, we went into another store, and we had to get something, but we had to make up a language. So we made up a language. Anyway, we cut it together. We, How did it look? Though? I mean... It looked like cut together cell phone footage, but it was yeah. decent because we got the beats right. Mm-hmm. You know, like it didn't look great, but the but comedic timing yeah. was cut correctly. Yeah. And it was an undeniably funny tape, we thought. So we're like, all right, this is a leg up because if we know that, that's something I love. I love bringing a tape in 
because it's kind of key, right? You can't if you're pitching verbally. You're only uh, uh, you know you're relying on their imagination. That's correct. Yeah, and correct. yeah, and you could say in the meeting like yeah, or and, imagine and <laughs> and, and like you could say in the meeting like yes, this is going to be hilarious. Yeah. But of course you're going to say that in the meeting, and uh, you 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 you'd say anything. Yeah. So the fact that you have that tape going, no, this is what you we're can doing. Control it. And yeah. there's been times we always bring a tape. But there's been times where we brought the tape and we were on short notice and the tape wasn't that great. We knew it wasn't that great going in. But this one, we're like, this is an undeniably funny tape. You laughed at it when you watched it back. We you laughed, were like, yeah. yeah. So we brought it into not just true. Like we went to like a, a, like five, six, seven people. Mm-hmm. Wow, before, they are so pissed right before now. Before true, they, MTV offered to. They made an offer for a pilot. They wanted to make it a strip show. Um, they wanted to make it a game show. Okay. Um, they wanted it to be uh, four days a week. And uh, different comedians, and then the contestants aren't friends. They just switch contestants. Oh, shit. And we said, well, we think that we know exactly what we want this to be, and we want people to come back and root for people and have yeah, their yeah. favorite character. Yeah. And that kind of goes against what we think might make the success of this show. Yeah, you guys are kind of like a, a comedian medieval times. Like, <laughs> I cheer for the Red Knight. Like, right, I, exactly. like I cheer for sound. Yeah. Like, 100%. Yeah. And we're like, and we kind of really think that w- us knowing each other is a strength. And you lose that. And they said, no, we'll just offer it if it's different contestants. And we said, well, we don't want to be executive producers. We're getting up there in age. We want to get on camera and let people like us for once so yeah. we can get other opportunities. Right. And so Good move, by the way. we went to True and then True was like offered to buy, they offered it to buy it to in the room. Cuz they go they go so Marissa Ronka who is the person that still works there, she watched it, she starts laughing and she starts actually tearing up laughing. So she goes, "Can you hold on one second? I'm like, "Yeah." She walks out, she brings in like 10 people. And she goes, "Watch this." And everyone starts crying laughing. So what are like, you thinking at this point? We're like, "Oh my, this is a good sign." Yeah. <laughs> you know? So then she Every, turns to us Everyone loves like, it, you fired. <laughs> <laughs> she turns and she goes, "I'll be honest with you. We don't do comedy. Like they didn't do comedy at the time." She yeah. said, "We're looking for something like this. We think it's a really good fit." For the network, the tone of it, everything. I love it. I'm going to be upfront with you right now. This is something we'd be interested in. Has anyone else made an offer? And we're like, yeah, MTV. And she's like, no, no. She go, we go, yeah. And she goes, let me guess, MTV. And we're <laughs> like, yeah. And she's like, no, we want you guys. And mm-hmm. so we're like, well, that makes sense. And then we're like, well, True doesn't have anything like this. So maybe if we go there, it will make a di- like make a splash because it's not not like anything it's so yeah. different than the contrived it's not, it's not world's scariest police chases five right exactly yeah. so we're like maybe it'll pop and so that's that's you know that's what we amazing got. Yeah. buying the room is such a i mean dude so that's that's a dream. insane where do you go after that yeah, i mean five days earlier the idea didn't exist which is what it was <laughs> oh insane. my god but now do you still i mean and, and then there's also i mean obviously like so they, they bought what a, a pilot or a whole series? Like they, they bought a pilot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then we filmed that in fall of 2010. They watched it and immediately ordered eight episodes. They said they loved it. And then when we were by the time we were filming like the second episode, they ordered another another nine episodes. Amazing. And at that point, we saw a tape of the first couple coming in. They were like, no, yeah. and they bumped it up to 17 episodes. What a what a uh, luxury and incredible feeling to know. Oh, cool! Now we can do this on a legit scale with like some money and not cell phones. Yeah. Like now the world's our oyster, right? Dude, I yeah. And, and you're like really pushing just yourself. Just having a job like that. Like I didn't. I really. You know, here I am. I got a college degree, but I I spent the last few years bartending. I was saving up money to buy a bar, which I eventually did. I mm-hmm. actually bought a bar music venue with friends. What? About two weeks before I found out we got the show. 
<laughs> so for the first two seasons, two yeah. full years, I was running to the bar and doing the show. And you know, when you first start a business or have a show, you need to put all of your energy into it. So you're putting yeah. it all into two different things. Two different things. Was working like a hundred hours a week, and after <sighs> two years, I basically had like a nervous breakdown. Yeah, and I I left the bar. And, yeah, but it was also that thing of like the bar is my backup. Yeah, like, right. Know, like, so so if if this, you need to put your energy. What in if the I show. get canceled? Yeah. You know, and it's like, and if I get canceled next season or this season, is that enough for me to take that momentum and get something else? Because if I don't, then I'm going back to, you know, this. So if I right. sell the business, so it took that, I ha it was a big leap. But after the second season, I could, we committed, and I mean, we can never expected any of this at all. Well, no, because, <laughs> oh my God, dude, that's fucking bonkers. And uh, uh, people who don't know the process, the, the fact that anything gets on the air ever. Is is ridiculous to me because Insane. there's so many so, hoops. Yeah, there's so many hoops you got to jump through. So many people that have the opportunity to squash it that are maybe not even involved, or just some executive vice president's assistant that yeah. that that can just say like, mm, not for me. Yeah, like getting that whatever that, that girl's name you like, mentioned. That we've was had like prime. six or seven shows pilots since then because we now we you know yeah we're producing shows and yeah, stuff, yeah yeah and creating shows and we've got we, all of our pilots got passed on it's like it's like that's how hard it is it's like just and and even though they yeah. have people that have a tr trusted formula that can make that can yeah, make some it reputable cachet you would think like yeah. home run city now like yeah, now not, i don't even i don't need that batting practice uh, experience because now I'm just going to be <laughs> fucking lobbing up. I can put the gloves away. <laughs> uh, no longer have to have them. Did you really guy feel like you guys were pushing yourselves writing wise too once you got the show? Were you like now we just? I mean, oh god! I mean, in the first season, first of all, we had to learn how to make a TV show. We combined, we coupled with North South, which is where James Murray on the show. Yeah, he was working as as a, a show show pitch person. What do you call oh, those people? Man. Yeah, development. So, He's working yeah. in development for North yeah. South doing reality TV. So we linked up with them and we're like, all right, we got to make a show. We didn't know how. And so there was like eight people. I'm not kidding. On the staff in the first season. There was a, there was a showrunner slash director. Yeah. There was a handful of PAs, an intern. Everyone I, had multiple I, and, jobs. And, and one editor. Yeah. And then we didn't even know that there was like supposed to be more than that. We had like nothing. We had no, you know, craft service no makeup no locations people no segment producers no you didn't anything. think to get it or you didn't couldn't afford it no we didn't know you know you're supposed to have to. That. nobody told us <laughs> we were on the phone we were writing jokes and i was on the phone like cold calling like people like just being like hey ikea can i speak to the person in charge is there any way we can film our show that like we were doing all wow. that wow and then um and then the next season they added some more and then by the third season we were kind of staffed up and now we're like we need this. We need, now we know how to run a show very efficiently. Yeah. And we can say, okay, this is, you know, create this position. We don't need this position. There's all that stuff. About how many people does the show employ right now? I would, I want to guess 50. That's amazing. Like yeah. you had, like because of you guys, uh, 45 people have jobs. I know, I know. Yeah, that's I mean, an incredibly rewarding. Yeah, I feel because I always like get into this conversation, so I say this stuff a lot. So I feel bad. Not well. I'm sorry if eating it. No, we no, no, have, no, we have a whole new audience that you're getting. Yeah, yeah, exa to. exactly. I, I, I feel. And look, and we, side. and you know, selfishly too. Like we, you know, it's we're trying. You know, no, 100. percent I just feel I feel bad giving you information that I've said. You know, before, but mm -hmm. but uh, no, yeah. One well, of you're making it seem uh, super real and organic, like for the first time. Oh yeah, no. Well, yeah. I'm still talking from. I mean, I'm still telling you guys the first time. It's still the truth. I just mean. I, I know I've said this before and yeah. I start to feel guilty like oh, I don't want to say the same thing on everybody's pockets no, no, yeah 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 but well, well you haven't told the batting glove story anywhere else right? <laughs> no I haven't All right, good. Yeah. Well, as long as we got that <laughs> no but a lot of the guys on the show are from our friends from home 
that oh. were not in the industry at all. Or, oh, no or were, or were. Like, Big so, time. So two, our, one of our directors, our, our DP, and one of our other cameramen, they were my friends from, from home, and they had helped us when we did our sketches for free. And so we get to give them jobs now. And then, um, like, dude, that's three huge. Or, three or four of our writers Amazing. were never writers before. And they're just our friends. I know they're funny dudes. I know they know us. And they I'm know like, your I know style you of comedy. This. So I let them put packets in when we were looking at writers. And because they knew us and were from where we were from and all that stuff, they were just as strong. We would take the names off the packets. And we would Good read move. a stack of 50 packets, like, blind. And then we would say, all right, these are the top 10, these are the top five. And then we would look to see who it was. And like a lot of times it was our friends. How That's awesome so is that? Because we don't want to be biased. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. You, you, you I mean, you want them to earn well, their were some spot. of the, um, I, I mean, and again, and it's, you know, stop yourself if you feel like you're repeating, but I want to know like <laughs> early on, like were there certain things that like people pitched you guys, like your buddies that you were like, oh, we definitely going to do that. And maybe the network wasn't so on board or... Yeah, so in yeah. the beginning, in the beginning, the first season, just the four of us wrote the show. Mm-hmm. So that was like it was good, but it, but it was easier because there was like nothing had happened yet. Was the first season the one where you were? There was one where you were in a um, a baseball stand going, "Let's get yes. sexy." Yes, <laughs> dude, that was one of my favorites, man. That that caught on big time, and that, they they cut that segment down to about thirty seconds. It should have been like two three minutes, but the then president of True hated it. And he and he cut it. Does he, he also hate sports and fun and chants and he smiles? Hated, he hated everything. He, he used to cut if he didn't like a joke, a single joke. Cut the whole bit. No, he would call us up to the office and yell at us. This was in the beginning. Holy crap! We didn't know how TV worked, and he would just be like, "This is not how it's supposed to go." And I'm like, "But this is the first f- first issue we had was in episode." Four. Did he get kicked out of the tenderloins back in the day? <laughs> Why was this guy so? He he eventually got. Yeah, well, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. you can't. I mean. But he would, he was he was I guess he you know that he never had a comedy he never worked on a comedy yeah he didn't really know how comedy worked and sounds like, like a perfect guy to run a network <laughs> I don't like this and we're like all right well and, and it, but like we don't we can't anticipate what you're gonna like yeah. we have to yeah. do true to us yep. and then hopefully you guys are investing in us and what we know how right to do. you bought the show because you bought right. us and what in so, and what, and what we do so then after that happened and he mm-hmm. saw like the next time he saw a joke he didn't like he called us up and he's like here's what we're gonna do. I want you, I want to pre-approve all the jokes before they're done, oh. before they're said. And we're like, wait, oh, we improvise that. more than half of this. Like, we, yeah. I write jokes for the, for the, so we'll, we'll write the bit and what it should be, and then we'll all write jokes and show up there, and I don't show him my jokes and him my jokes. Yeah, yeah. So when they're out, because you, know, you don't want to just, just rely on improv, God forbid you're blanking. Yeah. Right. So when he's out, I have stuff I wrote for Joe that I'm going to tell him I want him to do. Mm-hmm. We don't show the paper, but I, I have some. But then half of it always end, inevitably be, we're in the moment. We improvise. So yeah. like, we can't tell you the jokes. Right. So we don't know who's going to walk in. He goes, here's what you do. Let's say tomorrow you're at a gas station and we're, we're filming a gas station. Write me like a page of jokes if an Asian lady comes in, a page of jokes if an old man comes in. And we're like, <sighs> you don't understand. We cannot allocate resources to writing jokes that may never be used. Yeah. For cert- Plus, you're taking away everything the show is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, spo- which is spontaneous yeah. Yeah. And, and, the, and, the, and the improv and how well you guys play off each other. And yeah. that's something that drives me insane on so many levels in this business is when people that aren't involved in comedy that have never told a joke that uh, don't know what funny is right. who who have just worked to be an executive not worked to be in comedy that they're telling now the, the creators yeah. what to do this, I don't 
understand it. <laughs> we, like we, we actually, we uh, actually, this is how I met Doug Stanhope. Like how me and Stanhope became really good friends. Oh, nice. He had tweeted that he liked the show, which I yeah. couldn't believe. That started to happen. Stanhope, right? When early? Yeah, that started to happen. Yeah, People just like we that. Like, and you're oh like, my! Oh, every person was every person who even mentioned it. We were like, oh my god! And he and uh, and we were having a hard time. And I was like, I wonder if he is a would be open to us giving him a ring and just talking to him about it. Yeah. So I tweeted him and he's like, he tweeted me right back. Here's my number. Call me right now. So oh, Q and nice. I were driving and we pulled over on a highway and it was like pouring and, we, and we're like, hello. And he's like, hey guys. And we're like, holy shit, it's Doug Stanhope. And we talked to him for like two hours because he had the man show. Yes. And he just talked to us about his experience and how they went to fight the network, when not, what's normal behavior, what's not. And he just gave us all this advice. Invaluable. On, he was on the phone with us for like I'm telling you like an hour or two. Amazing. We just pulled over immediately, and then we became really I'm really close to them now. You know that's great. But he was he was one of the first people to like give us a little bit of like confidence, a little knowledge, a little like understanding of what should be and what should. Yeah, be. without telling you exactly what to do, right? Like here's yeah. my experience, and like yeah. Well, and that, and and that's totally invaluable because you. Like you haven't done a show before, you you don't know what to expect. You you don't know when to fight the network. You don't know when you should be standing up and being like, nah, no, we right. can't do that. But and this guy ruled everyone was scared of him. So the way yeah. he, way he ruled like true is, people just want to keep their job, so they would just yeah they would just no do risk it. takers, just no, yes men. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was a weird time. It was a weird time. Now was there a specific moment or an episode where you and the guys realized like, holy shit, we have something here. Um, well, they really, really, really advertised the shit out of it before it came on. So we mm-hmm. uh, we premiered to pretty decent ratings. Yeah, yeah. And then we were lucky to hold it, and it steadily declined after the first season. And by the end of the first season, but this is TV was different back then. Yeah, yep. And I don't, you guys are familiar with ratings and stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the first season, which was in 2012, at the end of it, we we were breaking 2.0s. You know, that's which is two million people on a network that not a lot of people watch. Yes, which was which was good. And so we were like, oh, this probably should bode well. And then. They yeah. went radio silent, and we waited three months. They didn't tell us we were getting the show again, oh, but all signs pointed to yes. And then he called us in, and he said, um, "The way they framed it, where they didn't, they didn't need us and didn't have to renew us." Mm-hmm. And they said that um, we had to do the jokes the way that he wanted them to, and make like reform some stuff. And he'll give us the like. Oh, and then we—I forgot one time we had an argument. We said like, "But this is what we do, blah blah." And then he. And then he said, well, one of us was like, well, what if one of us left the show? No, no. He goes, no, he goes, keep doing what you're doing. No problem. He's like, but I'll poll the show. I'll do a focus group. And whichever one of you the audience likes least, I'm going to replace. Oh, <laughs> fuck this dude. Yeah. Dr. Evil. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's how he came back at us. And we're like, all right, whatever. And then at the season one, he made us, he said, I want you to write a Bible for the show using all the way that I'm telling you to do it and then I want you to sign something saying you promised to do it this way. Good lord. And you're lord. like, no thanks. And th- no, we were like, we didn't think that we just thought it was like, yeah. so we're like, yeah. oh, we made the Bible. Oh, no, maybe not sign something. Maybe he did though. I, I really think we did. Yeah. And we sent him this Bible and then we're like, we got on the phone we're like, yeah, we promised to do yeah, it this yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And you know, and then we just kept making the show, kept getting more, you know, popular and he would cut all, he would he would continue to cut bits that we thought were hysterical, and they just wouldn't went to be le- never seen again. So that's how we dealt with that. So he might cut a whole bit. We're like, this is insane. This is so funny. Then he got fired, and then we had five episodes of never seen before stuff that we just end up putting on right. That's amazing. Oh, I love that. I love that because I'm always cur- like, 
especially with a show like yours where bits and pranks and stuff can live in a vacuum where it does it's not time sensitive right it, it's not like oh this has to air in this particular yeah, order like a la carte yeah. yeah so like you can like you have that material yeah freaking use it and as soon as as soon as we're like oh my god all the stuff he thought and it was like the funniest stuff yeah. so we're like oh my god we're gonna have like four or five kill like it was such like he. Just, now you can take your time and like really plan out the next episode. Yeah, because we had a buffer. Five. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what happened. And every season we had this five episode buffer until now, mm-hmm. but where we had like it actually helped us because we had more time to make yeah. the other stuff. Is there is there any life experience? And I feel like you've just done a lot of just a wide range of shit to to prep you for a lot of these things. But like the one where you're like clipping balloons on people in the grocery store. Like there's no real like. I mean, I don't know. I guess just commitment from improv and other things to to feel comfortable doing that. But like, right? There's no. Well, I don't. We don't feel comfortable. That was the original name of the show, Mission Uncomfortable, and then they <laughs> they pushed the, sh- the name on us in Practical Jokes, and I hated it. But now I've grown to. Feel, yeah, feel okay. sure. I thought it was corny. Yeah. No one says the word Im- impractical. Right. And I didn't want us to be called the Jokers. I thought it was fucking sure. hokey and hokey. Hacky. Yeah, it's Batman. And I was like, that, I'm yeah. so worried about my peers being like the joke. And I was like, and then they're gonna start. You know what? In the end, it was a blessing in disguise because nobody really ended up giving a shit about the name. Yeah. And now people identify us as the show. Yeah. So if it was called Mission Uncomfortable, we wouldn't be like, oh, the Mission Uncomfortable guys are touring. That's weird. So now we are the Jokers, which is fine because nobody says it with any like... You right. know, like how stupid it really yeah. is. Yeah, it's become a big enough of a thing where it's... it's a second... Yeah. Now, yeah. when you tour, doing this, like, do you tour as the Tenderloins or do you tour as the Impractical Jokers? We tour as the Impractical Jokers featuring the Tenderloins comedy troupe. So, because we, we wanted to brand the Tenderloins because we're moving... You know, when the show's not there, we don't want to just be known as that identity. Yeah, sure, sure. But now we've, like, worked through it where, you know, we share a little bit with them and they give us the rights to use the touring and they promote it for us and stuff. That's amazing. How uh, Have you had people come out of the woodworks from high school and elementary school and all that? I mean... I wouldn't say out of the woodworks. I was funny yeah. too. Put yeah. me in the troop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, people... <laughs> I've got an idea for a prank. Oh, yeah. People do that. They oh, write bet. to us and tell us what to, the ideas of the pranks. I get ideas and for jokes all the time from jokes. childhood friends oh, and correct. it's... It's mind-boggling, but I always tip my hat because I go, dude, I love that you had the confidence to send this bullshit because this will never get spoken out of my mouth. But I, <laughs> but like, kudos to you to even think that like to send a detailed three-paragraph <laughs> bit, like, yeah. dude, a guy, there's something in the guy shitting his pants, and they're like, but he's like, can't stop shitting, and people call him shit pants guy, and like, he's got all these fucking names, he's like, and he's eating Taco Bell all the time. Taco Bell could sponsor the sh- the bit. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah, I have people come to me, and I have people come to me hand, hand, handwritten with a pen. They're bullet-pointed ideas for jokes and hand them to me. Adam, uh, put away the paper that I wrote that I, that I was going to give to Sal at the end of the episode. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Any, any prank with a dwarf is a good prank. I mean, I, 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 now even that old fucker would have liked that. He's like, put more midgets in it. <laughs> I don't know if that's how he talked. That was just how yeah, I assumed yeah. it did. But, I mean, yeah, I assume that that sort of... It's amazing to me once you do something and you get a little success from it and you do it well and it's your creation, now how many people want to tell you how to do your job? Because, but it's yeah. like... I'm here because yeah, I yeah, did it. Because we did it. Yeah. Or, pe- yeah. or people contact me like that I was never really that close with. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they want things. Like they want to come to visit the set. They want, you know. By the way, the uh, set is like an improv active moving location. Set. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't have someone wandering around. I mean, I, we have guests all the time. But yeah. I'm just talking about these people that like. And like I one do, class. I, I, do, I give show, show tickets and vi- set visits to friends all 
and family all the time. Mm -hmm. But then there's like extended, extended through marriage family that you never met that all of a sudden are online being like, that's my cousin. They're like they tag you Yikes. and you're like, I, I couldn't pick this person out of a lineup, but they won't <laughs> stop saying I'm related to them. Right, right, or friends right. that are just like, or another thing is, we and we do this so much, we do so much charity work, a lot. Oh, nice. But you wouldn't believe how many people ask us to do charity work. Sure. But they don't, no one knows how much we already do. Yeah. So it's like, you can't say yes to everyone. But no. when you say yes to someone, they're like, oh, they're too good for charity. But they just like don't understand that like, I, you don't understand. I don't have a free second. You know how much like we do everything. Oh, yeah, right. So it's like they they ask that kind of thing or, or like, this is my favorite. My favorite is just like a, a, a Facebook or like message that's like, do me a favor. I'm with people right now. They don't believe I know you. Can you just Facetime us? <laughs> you know, <and> then, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm in the middle of a prank. I'm not talking about friends. I yeah, know that like I have friends and family. The all ex boss the time. of True TV. Yeah, yeah. But, it, <laughs> but it's just like I'm supposed to. I haven't. I don't even speak to you. Yeah. You want me to get on a. Facebook and, and then and then and then they'll get mad at you if you say no and you're like I'm under I think, no obligation. I think everybody has similar experiences sure. like that. Yeah. yeah. How much of your early? I didn't know that you you got about ten more minutes. Can you do about ten more? I have as long as you guys. Okay, do. great, wonderful. Um, so you started stand up when? I started at a college uh, in college. Okay. Uh, so I want to say that was like maybe started in like 90, 97, 98, 90, okay. 98. Yeah, because when I saw you at Moon Tower, I was like, "Oh yeah," because I, I mean, but you just recently well, got. Don't let me. Don't let that. That's actually confusing. I didn't start stand. I started in '98. Right. I did it for a little bit. Yes. And I did it. You know, I went to Mike's. Right. And did it at functions where they let me get up and everything. Mm -hmm. And I never. I wrote material. I performed it, but yep. I never, never found a voice. Never got my chops up. Never did anything substantial. But yeah. I could recognize right off the bat. And I was telling you this. Just a a comfortability and a. Ease and, and, and knowing your voice, you know, like the material just that comes from just doing it. And like, I mean, just getting conditioned to starting to like recognize things like even, you know, things you were doing in Vegas where it was like, oh, yeah, like that fucking these stories you have to br finding ways to bring them and, and relate them to the audience. Mm -hmm. But the um, but but so when you tell me that you had done it, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense because yeah. you do seem like a comic up there. Yeah, well, I mean, on stage, sketch and improv, yep. I was doing it for a decade or more. Yep. And then the guys and I touring for the last four and a half plus years yeah. mm -hmm. on the mic, do, you know, telling stories, yeah. doing stand, much doing it. our version of yeah. stand-up. So I got in front of, I have that confidence, yeah. you, know, that, that, um, you know, but still really anything I put together was in the last year. Like all my nerves, like, I still get nerves, you know, I still, yeah. but I'm just... It's weird to tell people I've only been doing it a year because it, that neglects to mention all that other and all the hours and hours yeah. you put in and stage time and everything right. like that. You're, you're you're still a performer. Right. Uh, so yeah. It's, it's what do you? Now uh, you're doing this on your own. When you go when you hit um, shows like now, like what I mean, what are the? Do you have like a game plan or like or are you like I'm, I want to get this out of it. I want to do this new joke or I want to make sure to get better at this this time uh, or? every night yeah every single every every single set I'm still mm -hmm. so new I'm still so hungry for it and still so like I love it so much and and you know all my friends it just I'm just so I just eat it and breathe it and what do you it. love about it it's I can't think of a better thing to do with my life since yeah. I'm a little kid it's what I wanted to do mm -hmm. and I actually I'm actually just upset that I waited this long I wish I started doing comedy at 20 years old man yeah sure. right you know I used to do it's I mean literally from a little kid I would say I want to be a comedian like from a little kid whoa yeah, you know and that's all I was into so based I mean, on who and what shows and stuff well, my biggest influence ever was George was Sherman Hemsley as George Jefferson and the Jefferson. That has nothing that. to do with comedy, but his performance. Yeah. I thought just, he was the funniest guy. It, it made you laugh. Yeah, I used to memorize um, Jefferson's episodes and perform for my family. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, wow. shit. And uh, in blackface, too. Which, yeah. oh, uh, always in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just make sure those photos never get out. You'll uh, be fine. Bill Cosby, Eddie Murphy. When I'm little, this is who was yeah. my biggest. Sure. Bill Cosby, Eddie Murphy. Um, Wanda Sykes. Steve, Steve Martin. <laughs> I saw Wanda Sykes. She's at, hilarious. I saw Wanda Sykes at uh, the upfronts yeah. last week, mm-hmm. and she knew the show. And I had never spoken to her before. And I was like, we started bullshitting, and I had seen her. So I started going to the comedy cellar in '94 because I went one night, and they gave me these free passes to come free on weekdays. So I was like, free. So I was like, I started going to the comedy cellar like two, three nights a week because I I wanted to get into stand up. Yeah. So in 94, 95, I was at the Comedy Cellar constantly because they get to know me and they would let me come in with no cover. Mm-hmm. I never did comedy. I never told anyone who I was, but the workers there let me in. I would watch and I watch. I knew the whole lineup. Like, like yeah. they, would, they used to do nine to two showcase. So you could come in and out at, yeah. throughout nine to two. So it would always be like up front would be like Ray Romano. Oh my God. Then like toward the end of it was like Gaffigan. Like the end. Towards the end. Yeah, that's before the end. he really. He was really popped. heavy. He had glasses. Yeah. He didn't do that whole like inner monologue thing yeah. he does. Yeah. Yeah. It was like he used to do this thing and he used to go meow meow. He used to like do this cat noise. <laughs> like, uh, Which just, I mean, it, it sounds random and crazy, but just I'm, I picture Gaffigan doing it and it already makes me so laugh. So Louis yeah. Chappelle, I mean, Colin Quinn. Um, I mean, just, Chappelle, I saw Colin Quinn all the yeah. time. Geraldo. Uh, uh, Ger- Geraldo, I don't specifically yeah. remember. I tell all the time. Yeah, yeah. He's and I was there like every night. Like I saw some of these guys. Bo- like I was there for it. You know, like but then, I saw. I was seeing like twenty shows a month. I would see their material go over well and not you know, inspiring, yeah. right? To see yeah. both sides. Yeah, and so my point was, I saw Wanda Sykes emceeing in '94, and she was doing a James Brown impression. And she put the wig on, and she had spandex, and she put a fake dick in her leg, <laughs> and she was literally doing the dance and going ha ah! And it's like you know now you see obviously one's like great comedy, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you look at back at that and be like, like I just said, looking back on my stuff, that's kind of a, could be considered hacky. Hey, but you know yeah. what though, <laughs> you're, you're trying, trying some shit. At the you're, you're, you're trying whatever. Exactly. You're just but, trying to see what sticks and what works and what fits you and what you're comfortable doing. Million percent, it, yeah. So if I was in the comedy cell today and I saw someone do that today i'd be like whoa that's like (laughs) that's a little out there for that comedy seller um and then i told her the other night she was like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) she's like i brought i was doing james brown in new york i was like couldn't even remember she's like holy shit she's like i can't wait to tell people that is a trip dude she was almost like she's like you saw that yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it was a special place in her heart now it's like there are certain things like that that you do along the way that like i mean for her think about the amount of gigs like at this point to where that's just like you forget about those early days of when it was really trying to find it and then once you find it you're like all right now i'm on you know cruise control somewhat and just you know getting to you know keep fine-tuning everything yeah do you uh at the upfronts are those just uh this was for true yeah for the yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. what um are there people there that you see that that um that you're pumped to see that you haven't met before or you guys oh yeah every season when they have like new shows and so it's all it's all of turner yeah so i see everyone from tbs oh good and for for people outside the industry the upfronts are where networks just they bring out cast they bring out people to present to advertisers in the audience like hey this is what our lineup is going to be yes and if get them excited to buy advertising early i think at a discount upfront how great is kevin riley kevin oh yeah he's yeah yeah, the man he's the, the top dude yeah I probably do you know I probably would have uh, met you last year had um, I did this show with Eliza Schlesinger called Separation Anxiety on TBS. Oh yeah, the, it was a game show. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like an improv. I mean, 
you know, so basically it was, you know, Liza was like main host on this big show and they had two people that thought they were playing on a shitty internet game show and then they split them up. They're like, oh, you're actually going to play separately. And one came with me and then uh, one was going to go wait in the green room, but they brought her out to like a, the main set where Eliza was with 300 people in a big set and then they look on a screen and see me with the person on the small stage and I have an earpiece in the whole time. So I'm keeping it up this whole other show and then Eliza would cut to me and be like, all right, we're ready. You know, she, the, the person with Eliza would pick the categories for the questions they'd answer with me. And then uh, I had an earpiece in, so it was like she'd say, all right, before this next question, do everything like an old Chinese woman or do everything like Barack Obama or do it in slow-mo, you know? So there was like that. Oh, that's cool. How, how, was, how was your experience? It was dope. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's, they it didn't end up uh, getting coming back, but I was like, I've never been to an upfronts, and I was like, man, I fucking, oh, yeah, sounds saw, like a party uh, of a lifetime. We saw Dean Norris sat right behind us. He's uh, Hank from uh, yes. Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. And then uh, um, uh, Jennifer Beals from, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, not Beal. Beals from Flashdance. Flashdance, yeah. Oh, Flashdance. Oh. Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now now I know the first thing that Salvador turned off to. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> this is great uh, information. Yeah, you see, I mean, you see everyone. Tracy Morgan. I mean, everyone's there. Yeah. Yeah. All these huge stars. It's like. We don't feel like we fit in at all. Uh, but then uh, this year we got some more friends on. Um, Chris Gethard's on the network now. Nice. He was there. And Cypher Sounds, my buddy. Yeah. So it's like you see friends too. And then it's cool because like all the true people start to know each other because like the one or two or three events we have to go to every year. Yeah. We're like, a, you know, we have a camaraderie. Yeah. We're, we're together. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of feels like a little class trip. We get to see everyone. You know, we all go in our own corner and we're drinking and laughing <laughs> yeah. and making fun of everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what were some of the other odd jobs you had besides bartending? Uh, I worked in a deli. I delivered. I've only had like four jobs in my life. Fuck. I worked in a deli at fourteen till nineteen, and then nineteen till twenty-two. I delivered pizza, and then I from next five years I worked at Prudential Securities. Yeah. And then the the next ten years I worked in a bar. So Amazing. four four jobs. Were there uh, opportunities to insert some comedic uh, shit like pizza delivery? Like we just had Jamie Kennedy on. He was saying how he would you know try to spit like jokes here and there when he would drop pizzas off and stuff. Was there ever? No, I never. No, did. I, that was I was back in college. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I had girl. I had people like. I saw a lot of crazy shit when I was delivering pizza. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I got bit by a dog. I had a girl come out completely naked. I had that I got old, invited to prank. a party to do drugs. I got <laughs> like, just a lot of. I saw a lot of stuff. Is that crazy? The pizza delivery guy is like. You're, you're, I mean, there's. Oh, I don't know what they, you're gonna get. Some stories. Pizza that delivery way. guys need to band together and like write a coffee table book of just like. Dude, another thing they did to me. My mm-hmm. friends used to do this, but the, the job was probably like such a great job. It was so lax. Like my friends would come, we'd eat free food all day, the then they come with me on deliveries. You know, like what did I do? Yeah. I like made pizza boxes <laughs> while I was waiting. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I delivered in a decent neighborhood, but you know, like everywhere, there's good and bad neighborhoods. And in Staten Island, I was we were one neighborhood over from Park Hill. Park Hill is where all the Wu Tang Clan's from. Yeah, it's like not it's known to be a rough neighborhood. And I would deliver like to housing there that wasn't the best. And uh, my friends, they would come in the car with me, right? And I had this crappy beat up, like five hundred dollar car. That's how much it cost. I bought it from a mechanic that, that worked across the street from the pizzeria. He was a friend. Nice. He said, "I'll give you a five hundred dollar junk mobile." So I got it because I got the job. I didn't have a car, so I got this five hundred dollar car. I'm driving around. So I would I had rolling windows, you know. Mm-hmm. So my windows were rolled down, and it was a summer. I didn't have air conditioning, so I would go up to someone's door and ring it. Now my car is parked at the end of their right outside on the street, right yeah. outside their house. But this was a rundown, and my friends would be in the car. They would they would turn uh, they would take the seats and lay them flat. So they would lay flat so it looks like no one was in the car. <laughs> yeah. And then they would put on one oh six point seven light FM and turn it 
to the to the highest that it could be, and it would be. Uh, I remember the song was Celine. It was Celine Dion. <laughs> it was uh, the, the song from Titanic. My yeah. heart will go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm your lady. You uh, know that one? Oh yeah. You are my. Oh, maybe that isn't the one. It's from not the one. Yeah, it's not the one from Titanic. But that, yeah, that one. I remember that specifically. I remember I'm that your one. lady. Yeah, yeah. You'll be, yeah, yeah. Yes, I remember this one. Don't so act like you don't know the words. Adam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they did, and and then the, <laughs> so they did it the second the person went to open it, and I didn't know they were gonna do it. And so the, these guys come out. These guys are like fucking big dudes, oh, yeah, you know, like right. one pizza, like intimidating dudes and everything. And then I turn around, you, you fucking you Celine, just say Jewish. It's okay. Celine Dion, Very intimidating. Yeah. Celine Dion, I turn and they're not in the car because they lean down, <laughs> so it just looks like I am blasting power balance from Celine Dion in this rough hood neighborhood. Oh my! And I am crying, laughing. <laughs> And you know, I'm trying to like not even look the guys. Yeah, in the eye. Like, yeah. You did stuff like that. Back that's then. Well, I mean, amazing. And I love that that's what you did back in that day because that's kind of <laughs> along the lines of what you're doing now. Right, and exactly. and for and for people wondering like, what weird concept can we get into? It's like just do what you do. Right. Do what do what you like doing. Do what you enjoy <laughs> doing. Do what you're good at, and there'll be a spot for it. Yeah, unbelievable. That's also such a harmless. Like, I mean, I can't imagine. It's like those guys are gonna kick your ass and be it like, was it was so embarrassing. They were probably like, you guys, you also like Celine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, I, this neighborhood actually, you know, has a Celine. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. party every year for her birthday. We celebrate. <laughs> Um, I also want to direct people uh, to go listen to your podcast, uh, the podcast, uh, What Say You? Yes. I uh, haven't done one in a while, but it's, yeah. it's coming back. Okay, great. And uh, and now I know you're about to go to Europe with the te- with the uh, Tenderloins, but are yes. you going to be doing some stand-up dates around the States as well? Yes. Okay. Um, I am going to be at the Sasquatch Music Festival this week. Yes. Um, I am going to be at, uh, oh, I'm headlining the House of Blues uh, in San Diego during Comic-Con July 20th. Nice. Oh, my. God, Actually, that's gonna I, be great. I brought two buddies. We're, co- we're gonna co- co-headline. It's me, Roy Wood, and Theo Vaughn. Oh Amazing. my God, that's dude. gonna be a killer show. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, we're coming back here. We're playing the Greek Theater here in LA yes. on September twenty fourth. Done. And uh, let's say I know they said our Arizona ticket sales were light, so Arizona. <laughs> yeah, we'll play that hard. Yeah, and go uh, go go and, to your website. Go yeah. to impracticaljokers dot com. Yeah, tenloins dot com. And the, com, cru- okay. the cruise is November first to the fifth. It's pretty much sold out. But if you have, there's a little few rooms left. Uh, it's out of New Orleans into Mexico November first to the fifth. I heard those. You guys should are... come on it next year, man. Uh, done. Fucking would yeah. love to. Right. Done. You know, I mean, we, we, he's done new kids cruises. I, I opened done, for the new kids on the blog and their awesome. cruises, yeah, which is three thousand batshit crazy drunk women. Uh, yeah, but I'm looking to yeah. It's he fun. did that. Uh, I did the classic rock cruise, so I'm uh, opening up for Frampton, and uh, so, <laughs> which is literally like uh, it, it's it's crazy. So we would love to like because you're kind of more yeah, our demographic our and yeah. what we're into. So yeah, that would be what are your cruises amazing. like? I, I would mean, love just, to have you. Well, we did one last year. In that was hopes, the first one. In the hopes it would be an annual one, and now this is the second annual. One. Oh, awesome! And it looks like it's going to be every year, but it's it's an insane party. Well, I don't, it. I, it's crazy. It's like my world's colliding. I'm bringing like 27 of my family members this year. <laughs> no joke. My grandma, my little nieces. They're like, so pumped. Yeah. And then we have like 15 to 20 comics on. Everyone's friends already. Yeah. And then we have, we choose the DJs. We choose all the bands. We get like a yacht rock band on there, like uh, smooth sure. 70s Why rock. Not? The 80s band. We got Careless an Elvis, Whisper. an Elvis band. We got Done. all. It's just, it's just a, a four day, five, it's a four night, five day freaking party, man. You go hard, yeah. Yeah. And how many shows do you guys do? We Just do one a we, night. Everyone gets to see. Everyone will at least get to see us. So we do three shows. Great. Amazing. And then, but we host. We do everything. I was else just gonna too. say we didn't. We not. We're not required to. 
but we just were like give it up for the fans the first one we're like we want this to be a recurring thing we want everyone to say and we did it and actually the I don't know if I should say this, but the company that does the cruises, they told us they've never seen an an artist in every single genre of cruise they do commit and give the fans. It's that not much. Rose Tours, is it? What's that? Is it Rose? Six Man. Okay. Yeah, but wow. that but that's I, incredible. We lose our voice by day two. We, I was going to say I'm hosting every event, seeing every fan. Do, all the comics. I'm jumping on their shows. We're doing karaoke. We're oh, doing. Because there's other they do there's other stand up shows. Yeah. Well, we bring on. We, we do. So if we come on, we do some spots. Oh yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah, oh 100%, yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd yeah. be amazing. We're in. Uh, Dude, that's wait. So and then drinking. We got we got ca- a bunch of guys out from. We got a uh, this year. We got Kreischer. Nice. We got Comedy Jam. Oh, it. goddamn comedy wow. jam. Uh, from out here, who's on? Saratiana. Great. Um, just just a whole bunch of listeners. Go of on that cruise, people. Yeah. That's just going to be insane. Oh and uh, buy buy tickets in advance for the next one. <laughs> yeah, we got it's, we got a great we got a Love great it. cruise. I will show. say too. I mean, and and I mean, you just saying about how like generous you are with hooking people up. I mean, you hooked my sister and brother up, uh, brother in law up big time in oh, Seattle, dude. It's that not was not even a thing. Dude. And that's why I even had to ask you. Like, you got them tickets and then backstage, and that's why I was even like, did they embarrass? Because my they're such big. Fucking fans, man, and oh, that's why I was awesome. like, they you know, awesome. I was like, did my, st- you know, brother-in-law fucking busey you in the dick, or did like, you know, like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was hoping, yeah, yeah, he, he was a cool dude. I heard, I heard what Rapper. he does for a living. Yeah, crazy, right? Amazing. I mean, he's construction too, but like, you know, my sister, sister first told me she's like, yeah, so um. I get this guy. He's really great. I'm like, oh hell yeah! What's his name? Well, his rapper name. Stop! Stop! <laughs> Wait, what is, color is he? What is his rapper name? Uh, Dirte. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Dirte, like D A R T A Y. Fuck, dude, he would love that you knew that. Oh wow, that's, that's ama- awesome. Dirte. And, and yeah. hey, that's respect coming from a guy known as Jock Crispy. Yes. So uh, Wait, what? That is uh, that that is Sal's nickname. That's one of them from the show. Like we were doing one thing, and it said something like Jacrispy, a white dude <laughs> oh, named Jacrispy. Yeah, yeah. I turned to the guys. I'm like, "Can you guys call? I love that. Can you call me Jacrispy?" And they're like, "No, we're not going to call you that." I'm like, "If you don't call me, I'm not even. I'm literally not doing anything today." <laughs> so like, uh, and Joe Gatto has called me Jacrispy for the last two or three years. Jacrispy <laughs> doesn't even call you Sal anymore. No, Jacrispy. I mean, that sounds like an off flavor of Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> <Jacrispy. laughs> <laughs> I love it. Great, yeah, yeah. And any time, by the way. That's big, uh, uh, when big I when time. I mention like people coming out, I mean people like literally that I don't know. Yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. so happy to anything. Well, like that. Dude, that was big time. You're a, you're a, a great dude, a fantastic hang, and uh, you're one of those guys that when great stuff happens to you, everyone around is like. Fuck yes, That's we're happy because we see how hard you work. Also, we, we thanks for contributing to the comedy world with like, yes. I mean, you know, man, it's like creating a genre practically. Yeah, yeah. dude, I mean, it's amazing. You guys are too kind. I appreciate it though. Thank you. Um and impracticaljokers.com, uh, uh, dot right? For all we said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and keep what keep and if you see Gary Busey on the street, first punch him in the dick <laughs> from Sal. At least cover your dick up. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't punch him for me because he will. He holds grudges and he will find you. He holds grudges. He he held Murray down one time and tortured Murray. Man. I, I'm there. He, I don't to know where you were scared. He, he doesn't forget stuff. He'll get you back. And he doesn't forget don't, stuff. don't hit him in the dick and say it's for me, please. <laughs> He'll find out where you I sleep. Was scared. And uh, look for the new show, uh, Busey Grudge, coming out <laughs> next fall on True TV. Dude, he'll find out where you live and he'll come into your bedroom and you'll be like, Gary Busey's like. I know where you live. <laughs> yeah. He's like, who told you? Your cat. I don't have a cat. <laughs> you do now. What the fuck? Yeah. Thanks a lot, Sal. Thanks, Sal. Thank you guys so much. Show. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. We had laughs and stories. Now go listen to more.
listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.